Hi guys, thank you for tuning into Beyond the Bullpen. This show is created for the analyst community, talking about the analyst culture, their research methodology, investment rationales, research tips, and financial trivia. Basically, everything that happens outside their bullpen. I'm your host Sanjot, bringing you analysts across the globe from various sectors and backgrounds to share their perspective on what drives the market and, most importantly, what drives them to beat the market. With that being said, thank you for listening. Make sure you switch on the notification bell and follow us to stay updated on the analysts that will be coming on as guests across various sectors on a weekly basis. Hey guys, uh, welcome to uh, Beyond the Bullpen. Today I have Parth Hemani with me. Uh, Parth Hemani is a very good friend of mine, and um, he is uh, pursuing CFA. And uh, he was an ex-colleague of mine and handling uh, various interesting companies. Uh, so I would like Parth to you know introduce himself, you know, and give a broad uh, you know introduction of uh, his experience and and uh, what his his skills are. Yeah. Hi. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much for the introduction. So. Uh, yeah, as as Sanjeev mentioned, I am pursuing CFA, and uh, I'm going to give my CFA level two in November. And I have I have a you know bunch of internships and you know experiences under my belt where you know I work closely with the uh, research teams and in, in IFL, and also worked for a month with Kotak Mahindra Bank's research department. And then I went on to join a small uh, <clears throat> uh, you know debt management platform called Monitor. And, and then recently, as you mentioned, we were colleagues together at a company called Valerum Advisors, wherein I used to handle companies uh, in oil and gas, telecom, uh, you know, internet and agriculture space. So, yeah, so a uh, long way to go, obviously, but yeah, we've, we've kind of dwelled in uh, into the, uh, the sector very much and hopefully you know, we'll go much. There's a, there's a good long way to go. Nice. Uh, so just part, you know, a couple of easy, you know, starting off, you know, questions, pointers, like, you know, what drove you towards, you know, the finance industry or like, what are the practices early on you uh, didn't know and you started adopting towards becoming an analyst or something? What was new and how is it different now? Yeah, so finance as a field has been very intriguing for me, you know, uh, you know, my family is into finance, my father's into stock markets since the last 25 years. And, you know, we used to have these conversations way, you know, since I was 15 year old. And, you know, from there on, I've come, you know, a long way to decide what is Nifty and Sensex. I was not even aware about what is what, what is this thing going up and down every day to the point that, you know, you start to understand the, the niche idea of a business and, and how to value companies. So that that instinct was something which was, it was, natural. It was, you know, it was there since a very long time, which I was, you know, lucky enough to find out. You know, which people take years to find out, but I was lucky enough to find that that instinct for finance. So, so that that was there for a very long time, and, and that to, to continue that instinct and to continue that fire, I did a bachelor's in finance or my MIS. I'm pursuing CFA, and I'm looking forward to you know get more degrees in finance and you know take my you know to, to go ahead uh, in the in the business and in the field. So that's about it. And what has changed is is the fundamentals and and how you. You know, what are the different parameters that you come across for a very good company to a good company to something which is a very mediocre company, right? So from what I've understood from my experiences up till now, it's it's all about, you know, there are seven, eight parameters, right? From the promoters to could the you, business. Could you uh, lead yeah. with an example? Let's say an HOAC is something that you know personally well. So yeah, I'll tell from you. when you started, how so, did you look at HOAC and versus your skill level now, how do you look at HOAC or yeah, any so other company for that matter? 
yeah, yeah. So HOEC, you know, as as Sanjeev mentioned, was an oil and gas company which was tracking at Valerum Advisors. Uh, you know, I tracked the company for uh, for a close to 12-15 months from starting from March 2020 till you know May June 2021. And you know, traditionally look like look at the company as a more of a commodity play wherein you know it's more focused towards oil and gas. And what really matters is how the management carries the company, you know, throughout the ups and downs of the commodity cycle. So the peak of the commodity cycle was, you know, 2017-18 when the oil prices were very, very high, you know, around $70 per barrel. Gas was around $3.5, dollars per, ba- $4 per MMBTU, right? But during 2020 and the COVID crash, we saw the prices, you know, plummeting down significantly. So what remained constant was the management's, you know, the, the way they carried out the business, even though the prices were plummeting and the, and the way they were helping uh, you know, the business by reducing the costs and, you know, also trying to play the entire story of first surviving, then sustaining, and then, you know, looking towards profit and, and building, uh, you know, building towards the other part of the businesses. So the, the, the major aspect of what I think, you know, drives a company's stock price or why you should invest in a company, the, the major parameter should be the promoter and how confident he is about the business. That's what I have understood. So how do you value uh, the promoters? Like, how do you value the promoter then? Just to elaborate on that, you don't. Is it on the basis there's, of there's how no, he speaks during earnings con call and how the result is next next quarter? Is it like that? How do, is that the parameter? No. So you know, obviously, you cannot quantify the, the the the. There's no value to it. But obviously, you know, you want the promoter to be honest and to to be to be very you know genuine about what's going on with the business, right? So we don't want the promoter saying we'll give you twenty percent growth and he ends up achieving ten percent. I would definitely want a promoter who's saying that I can achieve, I will achieve ten percent growth, but it ends up achieving twenty percent growth. Right? So I want someone who, you know, who's kind of outperforming, but not giving huge and you know growth guidances, etc. Plus, he's giving out, he's also coming out with future plans, maybe you know, two, five, ten years down the line. What's what's the company going to look like? Because you cannot be stagnant enough saying that you know I'm making a lot of money right now, so I'm not going to come up with anything else. So that's that's there. You know, a lot of sub parameters if i talk about the parameter of a promoter there are a lot of sub parameters right right from his experiences right to how the company's you know the company was founded or started and then where what has the journey been like what 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 do we have in mind for the future etc and how do they go about it you know and then there are other parameters like like the business parameters like how do they maintain how is their sales figure growing up or their margins or their revenues or the industry they are, they are working with you know uh, working in and, and, you know, all of those parameters also play a very big role. Makes sense. Makes sense. So, so which are the, um, moving along is like, which are the sectors that you have seen a huge trends, like changing trends due to COVID or not just COVID, but you have seen it evolve and, you know, how do you see it changing in the medium to long term? Like, uh, you have seen it evolve, but, you know, going ahead, how would it evolve more? For example, you are tracking oil and gas. So, but you know, with the renewable energy coming in, in the medium to long term, will it be hit more or like, so is there any opinion on that front for, from your side? Yeah. So, you know, talking about various sectors, you know, oil and gas is something which has a future maybe for the next eight to 10 or 15 years. And as you rightly mentioned, renewables coming in, more people switching on to, you know, uh, all these, you know, electric cars, etc. So oil and gas has a good future for the next five, 10 years, maybe. And then, you know, it start, you'll see a, a curve coming down gradually and you know, which will eventually decline. But if I want to talk about sectors which have huge potential post-COVID, you know, we looked at sectors like IT, you looked at sectors like uh, 
pharma or even consumer discretionary right and and now you know if you want to take a play for the next 6 to 9 months maybe 2 3 4 quarters you can also you know bet on these companies like you know honda hotel industry airline industry you know because everything is eventually going to pick up and maybe for the long term you know if you look at the next 5 7 to 10 years wherein people are very bullish if you, if you look at people like motilal oswal or you know rakesh jhumbinwala speaking they say that what india has achieved in the last 40 years they'll achieve the same trajectory of growth in absolute numbers in the next 10 years so that's the kind of bullishness that that these these you know people have uh, in in country in a country like for a country like india so i feel it pharma are the best sectors to bet on as of now and telecom telecom is also one of the space i had been tracking and because of of you know the 5g story coming in and various other developments that are happening in the country you know led by the led by the indian government and also the china plus one strategy coming in you know if you put bet on the top two players in the industry in all these three four sectors that i mentioned you know you can make good money uh in in the next decade or so so how, so just to elaborate a little bit on the telecom front um so how do you see telecom benefiting from the china plus one strategy if you have any information on that yeah so it's just so what what has happened in the in the recent years people are you know they are not very happy with china they don't want to you know do more business with china and they 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 feel like whatever is whatever business can be avoided should be avoided with china right so that is where india as a country comes into play and that is where in the industries and companies that are present in india right now they can they can benefit you know because people are going the demand is going to switch significantly from china to india so so the companies that i used to look at hfc and stolet technologies they are you know direct suppliers to huge companies like reliance airtel and you know other major players in uh, across the world so but but because of this 5g a story coming in because you know th- there are close to s- around i think uh, 300 to 400 million subscribers that are going to shift to 5g uh, in the in the next 2 uh, to 3 years right and also with you know various other in- uh, schemes that the government has come up with wherein they want to introduce infrastructure in villages and all of that you know so com- companies like like hfc and starlight you know which are more focused towards uh, all of that you know requirements can can you know can easily benefit from this you know because they are one of the largest players in the industry and they have that resources at their disposal they can 100% benefit so telecom is is definitely one sector to look at and i think uh, a lot also depends on how government you know plays the entire story so depending on all those parameters you'll have to weigh out your options and then any sectors you think that will contract the opposite of expand do you have any op- opinion on that contract uh, you know uh, i don't think any industry would contract as such but eventually or see a, a slower of, growth as compared to yeah, yeah. other contract would be yeah. a very uh, yeah know, yeah wrong word but then yeah slower growth yeah so you know depending on various factors again i think orion gas will see some kind of slowing in growth exactly. maybe in, in the coming years mm-hmm. and i think uh, certain banks you know the psu banks or certain small private banks will also kind of see some kind of issues with their loan books and and you know increase in debt and everything so banks should be banks and nbfcs you know good quality banks and nbfcs will never be a problem because they have huge resources at their disposal but the smaller one should be avoided is what i think as of now so so going ahead you know i you know there's a lot of uh, this um, you know i recently also read an article a couple of months back that will india see something like a fang you know kind of set of stocks which are there in the us 
So will India see some sort of like tech stocks emerging? We now see, you know, Zomato coming up with the stock. Um, you know, eventually, I guess, if I'm not wrong, I've heard Ola also, either, I think, filing for an IPO, if I'm not wrong. Um, so so do we, are we, will we be seeing any sort of situation like that? What do you think? I think, as I mentioned earlier, the IT sector in India is, is you know, has, is, is going to outperform. You know, outperform is also very, uh, is not the right word. They're going to perform much better than what a lot of analysts also, you know, kind of think they would. And then we've, we've seen there are a couple of stocks like LTTS, you know, LNT technology. There's a stock called Tata, LXE, you know, all of those stocks, you know, you, you've seen their, you know, their business fundamentals are good. They don't only really work in India, but they have, markets across the globe, wherein they work across different sectors, right? So if even one sector goes through a turmoil, they have 15, 20 different sectors, which, you know, offer them the revenue. So you look at companies like Infosys, TCS, Wipro, you see the results and, you know, every quarter they've been, you know, performing better and better. You know, sometimes you fail to understand how are these guys are able to perform better every three months, you know, how is that possible? So I think FANG, there, there, will, there will be a good boom in, in, in India for the IT stocks. As I mentioned, I even gave out the name. So, you know, we see, we even, you know, from the last, uh, I've been tracking a stock called Happiest Minds. You know, the Happiest Minds has doubled from a 650 level to around 1500 level wow. of stock price in the last two, three months. And so that is the kind of optimism, uh, you know, we've seen in across the stocks in the IT sector. So there's and, this and, and it's not because they are, exactly, exactly. And it's not only because, you know, there's some kind of play going on, but it's, it's all fundamental play. You know, you're seeing good guidance coming from the management that, you know, uh, we're going to see good growth in our revenues, margins, profitability. We're hiring left, right, and center. You know, so IT, uh, I, I don't know which stocks will be the fang of India, but you know, uh, if you have some 10, 15 stocks, you can you know, blindly invest in the top three, four stocks, which you think you know, uh, go according to your portfolio or your parameters, and you, know, you can definitely make money. So when, when you talked about, just a sub-question is, like when you talked about all of these companies, all of these sectors or companies that you look into, or probably may invest. Are you like? Do you still use the um, ideology of looking at the promoter? Like, although the fundamentals may be strong, but you know, are you still taking account of the promoters? You know, uh, factor in. Are you factoring in that? Definitely, definitely. That's the first thing I do. You know, if I talk about LTTS, the the promoter is Arsene and Tobro. If I talk about Tata LXC, the promoter is a Tata. You know, the promoters of TCS and Infosys and Wipro. The guys, these guys are clean and they've delivered since day one, you know, since the time they got listed. So promoters is something which I think there's a, a filtered list of stocks, you know, wherein the promoters are definitely good, but apart from the promoter being good, what are the other parameters that you look at and you want Independent to look at? So I don't, and, and the yeah, board members. Yeah, and so I don't look at stocks which are, you know, the promoter doesn't fit in. So that are something which is a straight away no, you know, unless and until they're doing really very well. And if you want to, you know, have a short term play and make money out of the the next two, three, four, five months, like the sugar sugar industry in India, you know, which ran mm. superb because of the ethanol blending policy. So at that time, you don't look at the promoter per se because you know it's going to go up. But if you want to look at a very long-term, 5, 7, 10, 15-year horizon, promoters is definitely something which you need to take into picture. So, so I mean, uh, you know, it has been such a valuable insight from your side, but, you know, coming, you know, when you're going towards a new sector, you know, when a new analyst is looking towards a new sector and there are a lot of times when fresh analysts come in or, you know, there are new graduates who are coming in, you know, they're starting off with a new sector. You have started off with new companies, new sectors, you know, constantly, periodically also. So, so where does one start from reading about a sector, not just reading, understanding, not a company, but a sector overall to kind of place the company in it? 
because there's so much of information. The reason why I'm saying that is because let's say the sector is at X location. So tomorrow the sector could be at a different location, but you do not know the historical data. No one talks about the history of how it has performed. Everyone keeps mm. talking about the optimism or whatever. So, so yeah. how do you go about that? Like, do you have any, you know, opinion on that front or any suggestions on the approach? It's, it's a two, two ploy strategy, which I employed when I got sectors, which I was not aware of, you know, like even 1% of what I should be. First is research, pure research, right? You go through the entire, you know, you Google stuff, you, you get everything these days, right? So it's all about- How do you research? The... Like just, just on a sub point, how would you research? Uh, so if, when I had to- Because a lot of people do to... research is like just Googling and reading article and all of that. So, so when I had to, you know, when I got an oil and gas company, I knew nothing about oil and gas. I don't, I didn't even know that, you know, what is oil, what is gas, how do you get out? And all, I don't, I didn't know anything about that. So you, at the start, you just go at the basics, you know? What is oil? What are different types of oil? What are different types of gas? What are the different areas where India can, you know, get the, you know, exploit the areas and get oil and gas? So that's how you start. And, and, you know, you gradually find your way out, you know, one article leads to another third art, second article leads to another. That's, that's what worked very well for me, you know, because, you know, that's how I gain insights. And it's, it's not a thing. It's not a one day or a two day thing that, you know, we can pay I know the entire oil and gas sector it doesn't work that way. You know, I took around six to nine months to understand the sector uh, on, on, a, on a level of what a sell side analyst knows the company or even a little lower, not obviously the same, but, but on, to talk to those guys and to, you know, to, to communicate and, 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 you know, convert them, you know, for conversions or, or tell them that, you know, this is what the company looks like, you know, so it, it takes time. It, so the first is research, you know, you carry out research, you talk, and second is you talk to people, you know, talk to people who are familiar with the industry. It can be your parents, it can be your friends, it can be some analyst whom you're aware of, you know, so they can give you some points to look at, you know, so there was, just to give an example, there was something called as an upstream, midstream and downstream in oil and gas, which I was not, not even aware of. I, I don't know what, what does that mean? So, so you know, what you, does it you, mean? Do you want to elaborate? Yeah. So yeah, upstream is basically wherein the companies focus only on, you know, exploration of oil and exploration, drilling of oil and gas. A midstream is a player who basically focuses on transporting, you know, getting that oil and gas, which has been removed and transporting it. And the, the downstream player is basically focused on refining. So by refining, I mean that oil and gas is, is you know, converted and transformed into a petrol, diesel or a CNG or an market further. Yeah, yeah. So that's how, you know, step by step, you know, you, you, you go through, you, you won't be stuck. You know, I, I promised you, whoever, you know, however new you, you are, if you want to learn something, you will never be stuck. You know, you find your way out. And that's how, you know, it, it works for me. It worked for me and it, it, it will work for you also, you know, work for people also. And so that is one. And second, as I mentioned, is, you know, talking to people, you know, if, if at all, I had the liberty and I had the, you know, the, the freedom to talk to the promoter also sometimes, you know, at the start of getting the company. So coming through the horse's mouth, I got everything, you know, like a firsthand data that the promoter is saying, I'm sure he's thousand percent right. I don't need to verify or cross check the data. So I was lucky at that time, but. If not a promoter, you can talk to someone who's tracking the company since a very long time. He, he can be an analyst. He can be a normal retail investor because retail investors also carry out their own research, you know, before knowing the company. So everyone has some knowledge or the other. So, you know, talking to people around communicating and networking will also help you to get some idea and, and, and help you find your way ahead. That, that's what I, uh, that's what I have experienced. Thanks. Thanks for sharing that, you know, a couple of pointers. I believe that, you know, there was, it was quite valuable because a lot of times, you know, uh, there's some common misconception that, you know, researching is just like Googling and, you know, getting the first few articles and, you know, that's how you get your information and that's enough. So that's the common, you know, um, 
you know way of researching that you know people follow but but uh, appreciate your you know pointing out those two pointers um, you know but but going ahead you know i have like a bonus question there's a still a lot of you know um speculation that you know sometimes you do not need you know you you hear a lot about this common sense investing and you know you need to be a value investor and to understand that to be a value investor you have like so many books by you know uh, the lynch and 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 you know graham and and warren buffett and all all these kinds of books which are there for the normal public to read and also there are you know various courses like your cfa and frm which are like very hardcore you know technical fundamental so so what's what's happening on that front do you think that to be an investor or to invest you know you need a cfa or you just follow the you know common sense investing kind of like pro tips i think as the indian markets are evolving you know my father with the degree he had he was able to make a good career but if i had to you know study the same thing he did i won't be able to make a good career as he has so i think because the indian markets are evolving you need to have a mixture of all of these you know you need to have a good degree like a cfa frm or a bachelor's or a masters in finance or a mba in finance and then you you know have good experience you know good work experience with one of the companies you working with you know wherein you covering some sector or or if you are the buy side you know you covering you know plethora of sectors and you know bunch of companies in each of the sectors and you know how to go about it right and the books are a complement you know if you read books for, as you rightly mentioned of if you know warren buffett or or graham or or all of those guys peter lynch or even if i want to talk about the author i have been reading right now and following very rigorously mr saurabh mukherjee right he he, he you know the way he invests the way he invests is also something you know we are very intrigued about you know because he has certain parameters you know about which he won't you know he won't even uh, you know miss out on on a good opportunity and he'll be happy to miss out on an opportunity which doesn't fall into his parameters right mm-hmm. so there are different people with different and you know, styles of investing so whatever style you think matches yours along with your education and your you know work experiences and other preferences i think that's the way ahead you know because uh, you know it, it i i think the common sense investing will not work as good as it used to work earlier right earlier but, but what do you, what, what do you counter with like let's say you're purchasing let's say you buy a stock let's say a tcs right you buy yeah. 10 shares of tcs you're a student or someone who's just starting up tcs is anyways going to go up in 10 years so what's yeah. the argument on that front like you know it's 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 pretty is it that straightforward or is it like not as straightforward as that so if you comparing only with the tcs if you comparing only with tcs returns i think okay i think you made a fair point that tcs is going to grow and i'm going yeah. to get the money but tcs is going to grow suppose 100% in 10 years there's another company which is a small or mid cap which is going to go 1000% in 10 years mm. so you're going to miss out on that additional increment which another company offered you putting in the same money so how do you identify those companies tcs yeah. has made majority of its the entire the stock price that has risen has come up now you know it's all going to go 10 15 times from here it's not going to go up but you need to identify stock which are going to give you maximize returns mm. you know you can't even i was looking for yeah 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 i get i get what you're saying I get yeah. So that that happens with experience and knowledge and you know various degrees that you take up. Combination of all of these things. Combination and mixtures. Yeah, it, it it doesn't happen. You know, okay, I'll take one company in each of the sectors, and you know that will give. Don't you think it's like money. a small FOMO also that you know, let's say you are, let's say we are like what twenty four, twenty five, twenty six, whatever this age bracket when or twenty one, twenty two, we are young and you know we do not have that much of experience as compared to like a forty or fifty year old person or a thirty five year old HR or whoever it is. so don't you think so there's always a fomo that you need to be knowing more 
about the stock market or you need to be knowing more so 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 what is your comment about that because you always think that you know less and and you want to make more returns in the short term or, or you want to have that information first and then use that information now as compared to going to a 35 and and that it's a it's a two sided story right having the fomo is good because if you have the fomo you'll have the inclination to study more research more and you know develop that knowledge which which people you know might have developed when they 30 35 and you're 24 25 you're getting that knowledge right now so that that inclination is very good but uh, you know stressing too much because some of your friend is making money you know he made some money in some of the stock multi multi bagger stock and you ended up you know being generating nifty related returns or inflation based returns so you shouldn't stress about it you know because uh, if the fundamentals are in place and if you know that you invest in the right stock i think you know Now today or tomorrow you're gonna get the returns, and you're gonna get the entire, you know, the the flavor of of returns and generating high returns. But you know, uh, one one thing I like to add is we should never time the market. That's what I have understood from you know from the last one or two years with interaction with many of the analysts, mm-hmm. HUAs, even my father. You know, because you don't know uh, what what generally happens is people want fast money. They want I buy this, I buy the share today, and then tomorrow the share should hit up or circuit, and I should you know be able to. come out of it and and make a lot of money that doesn't happen it's market you know so i think uh, there are two two basic rules to successful investing first is not to time the market and second is being invested in the right quality and the right the right stock which falls into your parameters for a, for a very very long time or for you know what mr warren buffet uh, buffet rightly said that i buy stocks with the intention of not selling them so mm-hmm. you're not buying a share you're buying the business of that particular company so you go with that intention you will never feel like you know parting away and selling away the shares but if you go with the intention that i want the stock to rise and you know etc etc you know it doesn't help so the fomo is a good thing because it gives you the inclination to research more study more and and you know kind of push yourself to the limits but again you know overdoing anything is also not good But you know, one thing I've realized, like you know, in this sector, is like you always need to have a lot of uh, knowledge constantly. There's never stoppage in knowledge. Like the moment you stop, yeah. already two people are ahead of you. Like in terms of knowledge, yeah. so so it's like an extreme sport in a way. Yes, yes, hundred percent. You know, there are hundred news coming up every day. You know, on a from a Monday to a Friday, even weekends. You know, even though the markets are closed, there are there are news flowing in global news, etc., mm-hmm. etc. Et and every quarter, you have results coming in. you have the government parameters like inflation and all that coming in so you know uh, there is no as you rightly said you know you cannot stop but what the point is you should go slow if you if you really want to start you know you start with a sector or a company you know start with one company then think about the sector then the other players in the sector and then move on you know so so you know It's master like one sector bottom up analysis and move on. rather than exactly, top exactly. yeah yeah bottom up analysis is the right way yes okay. so that that that's how you know now oil and gas will stay with me throughout my career you know i don't i need to brush up here and there but the basics will stay with me throughout my career so mm-hmm. if you get the basics right you know i don't think you know, that will be a problem in the long right right makes sense so uh thank you parth these were all the questions but i have a small segment you know uh, where i i want to ask you you know a couple of questions i'm going to ask you 10 questions right and you have to go with the first um option that comes into your head right yeah For example, if I say price by book or price by cash flow, so you have to pick one. The first thing which comes into your head, right? Okay. All right. Okay. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to ask you ten questions. The first thing pops up. There's no right or wrong answer, but yeah, yeah, um, yeah. all right. So the first question is ROE or ROCE. 
राकेश झुंझुन वाला और वॉर बफे See Warren, he is called the big bull and Warren Buffett of India. So, but you know Warren Buffett is like the he, even Mr. Rakesh Junjunwala must be idealizing him. So I'll go with Mr. Warren Buffett. All right, let's change the question. Rakesh Junjunwala or Rajesh Dhaman? I think Rakesh Junjunwala. Okay. So the better financial hub is it Singapore, Germany, or Singapore? Uh, Singapore, Germany, or US? I think New York in US. New York in US. All right. that's that's about it parth um you know thank you so much for you know uh, sharing your valuable insights and and your time and i believe that this will be very helpful and beneficial for new analysts fresh analysts or people who are already working and and they wanted a fresh set of perspective uh coming from another analyst towards how do you value a company what are the sector trends and and people also who are in the oil and gas sector maybe a couple of things like the upward upstream downstream midstream must be some new information yeah. that they could have heard and they could utilize so so thank you so much parth and i hope uh, thank you thank you for hosting me it's been yes. a pleasure <laughs> yes yes um i'll i'll see you soon yeah all right thanks guys uh, thank you everyone that's uh, parth hemani for you and i'll see you again soon bye bye yeah, thank you